6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. It is said never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. I bet you're singing along right now, aren't you? With the load of iron yeah. ore, 26,000 tons. It is one of those songs that for many Canadians, you likely don't remember when you first heard it, but all of these years later, you know a lot of the words. And because of that song, you know about the disaster that happened on Lake Superior on this day in 1975. The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald hit number one in Canada on the music charts. And then in the U.S., it hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100 behind, get this, Tonight's the Night by uh, Rod Stewart. It became Gordon Lightfoot's second most successful single and cemented the Edmund Fitzgerald in our Canadian maritime mystique. Now, 46 years later, there are still questions about what happened when the gales of November came early. And our first guest this afternoon is a maritime historian and author of more than 30 books, including the best-selling book, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Fred Stonehouse Welcome to the show. Oh, good evening. It Thank is, you for having me. It is nice to have you join me this afternoon. So how many times have you heard that song, Fred? Uh, not enough. I love the song. It, it really it speaks so strongly to the, to, to the whole psyche of the shipwreck. To, it, you know, it really has become a standard, a, a, uh, a recognition of all of the shipwrecks we've had on the Great Lakes, the 6,500 of them all represented by that single brilliant song that Lightfoot did. 6,500 shipwrecks on the Great Lakes? Yes, ma'am, and about 350 of them in Lake Superior alone. Wow. Now, if I remember correctly, Fred, that the, the Edmund Fitzgerald, though, is still classified as the most recent, or has that changed? That is the most recent. Uh, so we've had certainly a very good run of good luck, 46 years without any significant uh, shipwrecks or disasters. So tell us about what happened that night. We know about that wicked storm that came through and anyone who has grown up on, on Lake Superior like I have, and you certainly have, have spent a lot of time on Lake Superior, we know about uh, how the weather coming off that lake can just rule our lives, but we, we've heard about it, we've, we've seen it, maybe not to the night of uh, November 10th uh, 1975 but how bad was the weather that night and was that the reason why the why it sunk well the weather certainly was horrible it was one of one of the worst storms ever the strike lake superior but not by any means the worst there certainly were another uh, five or six you could qualify as being much worse than that storm and during the night and during the storm, while the Fitzgerald was working its way downbound to the Sioux, there were another seven commercial vessels in the same area, none of which had any structural damage or any particular damage from being out in that weather. So they all made it through quite well, except for the Fitzgerald, which really spells the, the, uh, the fact out that something else had occurred. In some fashion, the, the Fitzgerald was fatally wounded and by being wounded, it allowed her then to be more susceptible to the storm that finally was the coup de grace for sinking the ship and all 29 men. 
there had been talk about hatches possibly being left open. We, there's never been a definitive cause for why it went down. Uh, can you speculate on some of the other reasonings? Well, I can give you a few. Uh, certainly the Coast Guard, U.S. Coast Guard suggested it was badly closed hatches. Uh, National Transportation Safety Board thought, no, it really wasn't that. It was a piling of very large waves on the spar deck of the ship behind the pilot house and the cumulative weight of those waves literally broke through the hatch covers and then caused a cataclysmic sinking of the ship. Hmm. Uh, there has been a suggestion by a number of uh, maritime architects that the ship was structurally weak and did not have the longitudinal strength that she should have had thus in that storm simply broken to on the surface. And that's what we have on the bottom today. Uh, there's been other arguments by the Lake Carriers Association, the trade group, if you will, of shipping interests on the lakes, uh, that she had veered off course and had struck a unmarked shoal a little bit north of Caribou Island. And by hitting that rock shoal, she tore out part of her bottom, damaged her side tanks, continued downbound and simply came apart in the water through the structural stresses that were put on the ship at that point. Fred Stonehouse joining us this afternoon. Fred is a maritime history, um, a maritime historian. He's an author of more than 30 books, many of them focusing on the Great Lakes, including the best-selling book, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Today is the 46th anniversary of the day that that uh, freighter sunk in that storm uh, in Lake Superior, just off Whitefish Bay near Sault Ste. Marie. Um, what what do we know what, when the wreck was found was there anything that was able to be told from the way that the Fitzgerald was laying at the bottom of, of Lake Superior the way it split apart uh, no a uh, little short answer no <laughs> uh, I've, I've worked with a couple of the different uh, surveys that were done of Fitzgerald and a lot of time was spent by professional maritime folks looking at the video tape that was shot and trying to come up with a coherent theory of loss. And the reality was there isn't one. Uh, it, there's just so many opportunities, so many ideas and so many problems that to come up with what actually happens still 46 years later, we can't do that. Hmm. Uh, it remains a kind of an enigma wrapped within a riddle <laughs> and nobody's been able to solve it. Fred, is, is there anything um, about the Fitzgerald that that folks should know about i mean we, we we know the song we've heard you know the the stories is i always love talking to people like you and because oftentimes you have these little tidbits of 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 information that most of us the general public have not heard about is there anything from that story and from your research that you've done over the many years that that still stands out for you or that still hits close to home well, I think what hits close to home is how this the story of the shipwreck, this, this factual wreck that occurred 46 years ago, has really made its way slowly into Great Lakes legend. And it's so well known that if you were the, I mean, if you walk into any grade school in the, in the U.S. side of the lakes and you ask the kids, give me two shipwrecks, they will give you Titanic, obviously, and they will give you Edmund Fitzgerald. Hmm. They may not know all the facts of Fitzgerald, but they know enough that it was a terrible shipwreck. They have some background to it because it's just part of who we are, those of us that live on the shores of Lake Superior and those of us, too, that really live on, on the Great Lakes. We understand this ship. We understand a little bit about the tragedy. 
the 29 men, their families, and the actions that occurred. Fascinating stuff. Fred, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join me up here in Edmonton, Alberta. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me and have a have a good day. Yeah, you too. Fred Stonehouse joining me this afternoon, a maritime historian. And yeah, and so as much as it's made its way into our Canadiana, the same thing in in the northern U.S. as well. Of course, uh, it was uh, it was an American ship, if I remember, uh, or an American uh, freighter, if I remember uh, correctly. So, one of the growing up in Lake Superior, there's a place where we go camping, and it's called Pancake Bay. And so, if you leave Sault Ste. Marie and you're heading up towards Wawa, so you're heading west, you go through like all sorts of different bays. There's Batchewana, and then there's Pancake, and and you'll go by uh, pretty much whitefish. And we go we go yurting, go tenting out there, and. It's become so much a part of Northern Ontario when we're sitting around at least once during that week. We put on that song that I was telling you about, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. We pour a whiskey and we toast the boys that are in the, uh, you know, in, in the Great Gitchigumi. Right, and it's just become a part of our family history. We we don't have any connection to it except for the fact that we grew up on Lake Superior. But I think a lot of us, when we hear that song, that song is one of those tunes that just it almost puts you there, doesn't it? It's one of those songs where you can almost feel what is happening. You know, Gordon Lightfoot started writing that song just a couple of weeks after the accident. It came out a few months later.